Crave, how we doing tonight? Real mixed bag. That's, that's good to know. Hey, if you are deathly afraid of public speaking, would you just raise your hand right now? Okay, if your hand is up, please come to the stage. Now, it has been said that people are more afraid of speaking in public than they are of dying, which to me is nuts, but I do this every week, so what do I know? Uh, I'm excited tonight, though. It's not me who's, who's going to speak. It's not me who's going to share. We've got three of our graduating seniors who are going to get up. Yeah, y'all give it up for them. And I'm really, really excited about this. Um, Proverbs 10:32 says, "The lips of the godly speak helpful words." And so I really believe tonight we've got three godly young men and women uh, who are going to come to the stage and, and share some helpful things. So uh, first coming to the stage, don't clap yet. We'll clap one more time together. Um, someone clapped anyway. That's fine. Um, <laughs> coming first will be Carly Burns, and then when Carly is done, Evan Silva will come to the stage, and when Evan is done, Parker Finch will bring down the house to close things out. So, y'all give it up for Carly, Evan, and Parker. Clap it up for them. Y'all keep it going all the way to the stage. It's awkward. What do I do? Do I run? Do I walk? All right, Carly, take it away. Hello, everybody. I'm Carly. So you guys got to forgive me. I really plan this out in detail because though I'm on a stage a lot, I also have stage fright to just talk. Um, and I just ran up here, so now I'm out of breath. Um, but I'm really going to be looking at this, so don't, you know, I'm going to try to open up so I can see everybody. But so again, really nervous. This was out of my comfort zone to talk with you guys. But uh, I had a lot of second thoughts, too. And then a friend kindly reminded me last week. He said, just make it about God. And I had to rewrite the entire thing that I wrote because I was like, that, there's nothing about God in that. That's just, what pain did you go through? And then you're just like complaining about it to everybody. So I just want to let you guys know um, kind of the themes I'm going to talk to you about. Uh, my biggest challenges, and if you struggled with any of these, just really lend an ear. Um, pride, control, lack of compassion, rage, disappointment, and forgiveness. So jumping right in, um, I'm just going to give my testimony because I felt like that's what God wanted me to do because I don't think anybody really knows um, my testimony or why, you know, I do worship or anything. So uh, I was torn between two worlds as a kid. I had divorced parents um, in elementary school, and one was abusive while the other one was really overly loving and caring, uh, and I think everyone can assume which one did which. <laughs> um, by court of law, I was required to see both my parents, and in fifth grade, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and internal conflict, um, and then I made a decision uh, my fifth grade year. It was really bad anxiety. I was in the ER um, about once a week for an entire year in fifth grade because I just internally killed myself. Um, and so I kind of made a decision in my fifth grade year, which you probably only see in like movies or TV shows. Um, if you watch the Vampire Diaries, um, they like turn off their humanity. So I know it kind of sounds silly, but I actually shut off my emotions completely. Um, 
and I just stopped caring about anyone or anything. And I, I really truly believe demonic forces helped me in that because I just was completely shut down. It was not even, I didn't let anything in. There wasn't laughter, there wasn't crying, there was, and that was from fifth grade to sophomore year of high school. So um, in that moment when I did that, um, I never went to the ER again because I healed myself. Um, but I felt like I kind of unlocked the secret to tranquility, but I actually just turned completely towards evil for the next six years. And I really think that God allowed this because that was how I had to survive or else I wouldn't have survived through um, other experiences. And so I kind of had, in equal terms, dissociated myself. You know, if you've ever heard of somebody who has multiple personalities, um, that's kind of what I did, but I just, it was just me and I just stopped emoting. So though like pain stopped, um, so did everything else, you know, joy and laughter and the world kind of turned to black and white. So I was like a robot as a little girl. Um, and I sort of coped like, again, somebody who has like multiple personalities, which luckily I didn't do that because that would have been harder to come back from. So I stayed this way till my sophomore year um, and I did miss out on a lot of things um, as a kid and a lot of feelings that I just never processed um, in a healthy way at all and they don't go away. So, you know, foreshadowing when I come back to reality, it's all still there. And so I had become such a really cruel and inhumane person um, and in all my attempts to not be um, an abuser in my life, I actually turned into him. And um, I was still in church my whole life, so God was still working, and I just didn't, you know, of course, I wasn't letting what the church was saying in uh, because I was who I was, but I still had that foundation of biblical knowledge in my wheelhouse. Um, but I was, a, I was a really bad person. as Even just as a little girl, I... I would just really dig deep into people and um, exploit things that no, nobody should ever just be like that. But then I finally, you know, moving forward, I went to counseling my sophomore year, and it was theophostic counseling, which is just counseling through prayer and um, through spirituality, because at some point it got so back, I was like, Mom, I need to, I need help, because this isn't what people are supposed to look like, and I had just turned into a psychopath and I was cruel and inhumane and it was not, I needed somewhere else to go because I saw a church and I was like, I'm not like any of these people. If any of you remember Kensley, um, I was like her. Uh, I was watching her and I was like, I, there's no way somebody can be like that. And I was just like, maybe, you know, maybe I should be different. So three years um, since sophomore year, I guess, um, of just slowly coping and learning healthy ways to become stable. Uh, I've had a lot of trouble in that area because I really just decided um, one day to just turn myself back on. And uh, that, was, that was terrible because, again, that was not what I wanted to do. As somebody who doesn't have emotions, you're not like, I want to be. I want to be emotive. I want to feel things because I just didn't. Um, but I saw, especially when I hurt my mom, I was like, that's, you can't. <laughs> can't do that to somebody who has raised you and loved you and cared for you. Um, so even sometimes when I feel like, you know, I would feel like I was on top of the world, but then at the same time I would feel nothing. And that's, um, so 
However, uh, if I could go back, you know, people would be like, would you do that all over again? You know, that sounded like a terrible way to cope. I was like, yes. I, one, I believe that God purposely did that for me, but two, um, that, was, that was the only way I would have made it through. And I've really found a lot of um, peace and self-control on the other side. Even though there's pain, um, there's still, there's so much joy and there's no anxiety because even though I don't want to get up here and speak, I still, I just find complete peace and joy with um, just being able to share with you guys and the strength that God provided me with in, in turning myself back on to be a person. Um, I just have been able to grow and nurture friendships like I, I just didn't even know was possible. And kind of speaking of that, um, something that really pushed my faith um, into gear was I had a friend um, a little while back and she told me something that she had kind of kept from me for a while and I had really looked up to her as a Christian and I realized because um, it was it was something kind of very bad that she revealed to me and I was like even the best of people that you put on these pedestals are gonna disappoint you and make you feel like none of us are perfect. And that really made me feel like I had to accept Christ. And that was my sophomore year as well. So uh, that was really when I came to know Christ was, that was only like two years ago. Um, And from there, it's been a really (laughs) rigorous journey because it's really hard to follow God, especially in 2021. Um, But I began leading worship and I've always played music. So that was just kind of easy for me to just sink into that. And God kind of gave me a safety net the whole time. I was, you know, going through all these rough patches and my whole childhood kind of consisted of me Um, getting all these like achievements, you know, because I had somebody who didn't love me in my life, who I wanted to be proud of me. And so I would just constantly do extracurriculars and make great grades and whatnot. And though that never paid off by having that person love me, it did pay off because once I kind of came back into reality, um, I had scholarships available to me. I was able to be in music and be in the church and be proud of who I was on paper. And then I knew I could work on myself Um, and my personality and whatnot. Um, So kind of present tense, I do struggle daily to be a high schooler and be a teenager and be a Christian. And it's really hard for me to kind of just parallel any biblical life, uh, especially, you know, in the realm of familial issues. Um, And I don't know if I've like found forgiveness in certain areas of my life yet, but uh, a verse that really helps me with that is Genesis 20:50. I really like this verse. It says that you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good and to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Um, it just shows, uh, that verse shows me that even though evil is present, um, God always wins. And on the plus side, um, some things that I've really grown in is that, you know, the things that breaks God's heart are also now the things that breaks mine and even though I'm smiling, I'm, it, it does now when I lead worship and whatnot, I, I just have this extreme um, desire to see change in other people's lives. And I've, I was not compassionate in the beginning. And so that's why I can often be you know, sarcastic and myself is because I'm still trying to, to come back from a lot of years of um, suppressing and just kind of being dead spiritually and 
um, mentally. And so that's just what I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I 100% would not have gotten to this place without God. I wouldn't have found compassion or love. And, you know, our, our denial and disobedience of God, it doesn't change his presence or what he's doing. It just makes him so much greater and merciful when we turn around and say, oh, you were the answer all along. Well, he was waiting there all along, and he has slowly uh, made a path for you the whole time you've been doing whatever you want, living for whatever you want. And so I'm very thankful for that. And I just wanted to just share a closing verse with you guys from Romans 8. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So just know whatever you're dealing with, um, there's another side and there's also a, a story that God's been laying out and he's about to, to write the final chapter of the book so that you can read through it again and, and see his goodness. So that's all for me and next up I'm just gonna hand off to Evan to give us some of her advice. Hello, I'm Evan. Can everyone hear me or do I need to speak louder? Okay, <laughs> I'll just hold it closer to my face. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm Evan. I'm also a senior here at Crave. Um, public speaking is not really my thing. So if y'all would just pray for me. <laughs> um, but I'm still really excited to share with you guys about how I met Jesus and how he is changing my life. So I grew up in the church and I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was five years old. And I say that in quotation marks because I really don't know the exact moment I became a Christian because I've run away from God and then come back so many times. Um, but I've come to the conclusion that only he knows that about me and I'm okay with that because I know where I am now and I know where I'm going. So one of the things God has taught me in my relationship with him is that it's more about knowing him personally and less about knowing information about him. So a real life example, um, you could pick literally any person ever that has ever existed. So somebody say a name, I don't, it could be anybody. Okay, I heard George Washington and that's it. So <laughs> we're gonna do George Washington. Um, I could know his favorite color I could know his middle name, and I could know what he believes about aliens, but he's not going to invite me to his birthday party if I don't have a relationship with him. And the same thing kind of goes with God. Like, if you only know stuff about him, when you get to heaven, if you don't know him personally, he's going to say, depart from me, I don't know you. And that really hit me, because up until a certain point in my relationship with him, I was just kind of living a lukewarm faith where I went to church, I tried to listen if I wasn't bored. Um, I tried to read my Bible, but it was really hard to do it every single day. And I thought I was doing it right. Um, but at some point I got so frustrated with God and I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Because I kinda, I don't, I don't like this. And I feel like I'm supposed to like this. And he said, Evan, you've been doing this all by yourself. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I've been doing this with other people. I go to church. I do this with you. And he said, no, you left me at mile one. You went a little bit further 
but you've just been running around in circles for a long time, um, and you kind of forgot about me. I said, oh, okay. So I went back, and I'm so glad that he said that, um, because I feel like we can experience a deep relationship with Christ. We only have to just let him take the lead and stop being so independent. Um, One of my favorite passages in the Bible, if I can find it, is Isaiah 43. I love the whole thing, but the first five verses really speak to me, Um, so I'll just read those. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. It's kind of unrelated to what I was talking about, but it means a lot to me, so I wanted to share it. Um, it's really just God expressing his love for his people. And I love the words he uses. I mean, he says, like, I love you. And I love that. I love that so much. Um, he also is going to fight for us, which is something that I've had to learn to accept because I tend to want to fight for myself, even when I can't do anything about it. So my last piece of advice for you guys um, is just embracing yourself for who God made you to be, whether that's relating to your appearance or your personality. Um, And what I mean by embracing yourself is like embracing what you can't change. Because, I mean, we could all be a bit more kind and more generous, and those are things that we can work on with God. But um, like the way that we look. I know we all have insecurities, um, and I honestly used to hate myself a lot, and I still do sometimes, but it's not worth it because someday the vanity of this world is going to fade, and what's left is just what's underneath, and so I'm going to read some more verses um, from 1 Peter 3, 3, if I can find them. There we go. Okay, so it says... Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So basically, it's saying like, where's your focus? God's not condemning wearing jewelry or like fixing your hair because we're all creative And that's one way that we like to express ourselves is in the way we look. He's just saying, um, don't let your outer appearance matter more to you than what's on the inside. Because that's what God sees. And um, he really cares about that part. So as I'm sitting up here telling you all this, like, don't think that I have it all figured out. Or that every day I wake up and look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I love myself. Like, I'm perfect, no. Like, not at all, not even close. 
It is a conscious decision um, that I have to make multiple times a day, every day, to say, okay, I'm going to accept God's unconditional love for me and the way that I am and see him through his eyes and not mine and not the world's. So that's all I have. Thank you for listening to me. Parker is going to come up now. Isaiah 43 is another one of my favorite verses. Yes. Hi, everybody. Okay. Hey. I'm also going to be reading from notes because <laughs> I think it's really funny uh, that all of us say we don't like public speaking. Um, I am up here. I'm definitely still not comfortable. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, mine is a little bit less uh, testimony focused. I have a very similar testimony to Evan. Um, but <laughs> I know a lot of you guys have known me for a really long time. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for those of you who knew me freshman year. Uh, I know that's, that's mostly a joke, but uh, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> um, but in, in growing to where I am now, which is very much not like where I want to be, but I have grown a lot and I've learned a lot of things and I hope that I can help some of you guys avoid some of the mistakes that I made uh, because I know we all wish we could, when we look back at our, our past selves, we say, man, if only I had known what I know now then, everything would have been easier. But I think all of that has grown us. Uh, so I want to start out with something that I have learned over those years. Um, and it's that God is a God who fights in our trenches for us. Um, I, I don't think, I think it would be superfluous for me to explain why the last year has been difficult for, for all of us. Um, I think we're all tired of hearing about that. At the same time, though, I think it's been a great opportunity for us to learn uh, that through everything, through isolation, through uh, a lot of anger, through mental illness, I think God has still shown that he is a God who is on the throne and also fighting for us. Um, I think sometimes we look at God on the throne and we say, like, you're so powerful and you're up there, but I'm down here and it's hard for me to see you and it's hard for me to hear you. Um, so in those times, God, God speaks to me, and I think a lot of the times when I can't see him, it's because I'm, I'm looking for him in the wrong place, because he's always, he's always right behind me. Um, in everything, God has been working through it. I don't think God sends every bad thing that happens to us as like a test, or like, I'm going to send this to screw up your day, so you'll be more patient. I don't think that's really how God works, but I think he does use all of it. I think when, when bad things happen to us, instead of just taking away all, all of the pain and all of the difficulty, God is, is just so much smarter than us and so much, so much wiser than us, and he knows it's better for us to go through it. And so instead of just moving everything out of our way and making life easy for us, he says, even more than an easy path for you, I'm going to give you myself. And that, that's what I love about Jesus, and that's what, what keeps me committed even when I have doubts and when I have struggles, is that other gods tell you what to do. Jesus says, here's what I have already done, and here's what I will walk you through. Uh, a verse that, that relates to, to that, I guess. Uh, I don't really know if it's a life verse for me or not, because I'm always changing. But uh, Micah 7, 8 uh, says, Do not gloat over me, O my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. And though I sit in the darkness, you will be my light. And that verse means a lot to me, because I think sometimes, if you want to continue the warfare metaphor, because I think of everything in metaphors, we think of God as like a general um, who's just kind of ordering us around. It's like, come on, keep advancing, keep advancing, keep praying more, keep reading your Bible more, and he does want that. He does want you to grow in that. 
But when we're sitting in the darkness and just say, God, I can't, I, today I just can't move on. God sits there with us. He doesn't order us to keep going. He doesn't kick us and tell us to get up. He sits with us. And he is a light in the darkness. And I think we can all see in our own lives, the, the lights that are most valuable to us are the ones that, that stay in the darkness. Um, my final piece of advice uh, is to, to think critically about everything, especially with God. Um, and I'm not saying question everything, because there's a difference. Um, thinking critically involves love about everything. I think, for me, uh, when I have a difficulty with God, I love that God is a God of truth, and so he's not threatened where I read something in the Bible, and I'm just like, God, this makes no sense, this is weird, I don't know why this is in here, I don't know why this applies to my life when it's just so weird. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes God looks cruel. Sometimes, sometimes there are things in the Bible, and I'm like, God, how could you do that? I don't, that makes me, <laughs> I don't like that. But God is a God who, who doesn't shy away from that. Uh, when we have doubts and struggles like that, he says, ask those questions. Go, uh, come understand me more. Come, come deeper into knowledge of me, because I, I love what God does in Job. Uh, at the end of Job, after Job and his friends have debated and argued about why what's happening to Job, which was a ton of terrible stuff, has happened, uh, when God comes through, he says, who are you to, to talk to me? And I don't think he means that in a way of, like, you shouldn't have questioned me at all, Job. You should have just, you know, trusted me blindly. But I think he says, my plans are so great that you can't even understand them, but I'm still going to be here for you, and I still love you, and... He, he still found Job innocent at the end, even after all of his friends had told him that he wasn't. So uh, in whatever area of life uh, that you're in, uh, question it. Question what God says so you can grow deeper in understanding with him. Um, think about what your pastors are saying. I know um, the mark of a good pastor like Kevin is that when I, when I hear something in a sermon and I'm confused or maybe I disagree, Kevin always wants to talk about it with me. Um, and we always get to have a dialogue. And Usually, uh, usually we just like have misunderstood like how he said something, um, but he's always willing to to talk to me about it, and that's so that means a lot to me because that relationship has led me. You know, I, I love Kevin just because of who Kevin is, but also because he's so intentional about doing that. Um, so, so in whatever thing you're thinking about, whether it's politics, whether it's philosophy, whether it's religion, um, being able to understand everybody and getting to go deeper into why people believe what they do makes it easier to love them. I know. Being isolated in the last year, it's, it's been easy to see, uh, you know, people's social media, uh, see, <laughs> just see, see them saying something on Twitter and, and be like, how could they even think that? But when, when you delve into relationship and conversation with them and, and talk about um, how they feel and how you feel, you can grow in so much love for them. And life is, is just so much better and more simple when I've, I've been able to think through things and I can empathize with everybody who... who even, even people who disagree with me a lot, um, I, I especially like now, evangelism is really hard for me, um, but now that I've, I've questioned a lot of what God said, and God has always come through and explained things to me, even when I was kind of dumb, because <laughs> for people who know me, I don't have a whole lot of common sense, but um, I'm able to, to both explain things to people and also sympathize when somebody says, you know, I'm struggling with this, it, it's hard for me to understand this. I'm able to say, yeah, it's hard for me to understand that too, but I think there's a way to work through it. Um, so, so I think I think that's what I want to leave you with is that um, being able to to love people, to empathize people uh, with people, and to understand uh, the complexity of God 
is just something that's always going to be worth it because you're always going to come out on the other ends more loving and more peaceful. Uh, thank you guys so much for having all three of us speak. I really appreciate it. I'm so sorry, man. The mic is really sweaty. <laughs> hey, y'all give it up one more time for all three of our speakers tonight. If you've ever read the book of Revelation, Jesus says over and over and over, let the person with ears hear, like listen, listen to what's being said. Don't, don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. So I hope tonight something that was said was meaningful to you. Uh, I, I just want to close with one verse. <clears throat> James 4, 8 says, come close to God. And God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Um, and and <clears throat> I was just sitting back there listening to all three of those incredible, like, mini messages. And, and Parker's challenging us, hey, think critically through everything. And I'm challenging you, think critically through where you are with God. Like, where are you? Not, not just in this, oh, yeah, I love God. But, like, really, where are you? How is that relationship? You know, Carly talked about switching off and just being disengaged from people. But we do that with God. And Evan talked about realizing she, she started off okay, but then realized she left God behind at mile marker one and was trying to do it all on her own. And, and probably for a lot of us, we can identify with those things. So where are you? Maybe you feel lost in the woods. The good news of the gospel is Jesus is right there waiting for you. If you will draw close to him, he will meet you in that. He gave his life for you. And we blow right past that sometimes in church. Oh, yeah, we know Jesus and the cross. We just had Easter. Let's move on. No, 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 no. Jesus willingly sacrificed himself for you. For you, not just the person beside you, not just the professional Christians, not the holiest of the holy, but for you to redeem you. You're sitting there thinking, I could never get up and share like they shared. And hey, maybe public speaking's not your thing. But God wants to redeem you and use you in powerful ways. And if you feel far from him tonight, I just encourage you, take one small step towards him, right? You don't have to do this running long jump. You can take a baby step towards God tonight. And I just encourage you to do that. And if you don't know how to do that, grab a hold of a small group leader or a staff person tonight. Okay, you're going to go to small group and talk about some of what you just heard. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for loving us. Help us to know what it really means to love you. Give us the courage to just be honest about where we are with you, to think critically through our relationship with you. Some of us have switched off any emotions towards you because we're just, we're hurting. And I pray you would, you would open us back up to you through your spirit. God, some of us are we've just left you behind and we've wandered off the path. I pray you'd bring us back. Uh, just bless our time now as we go to small groups, be with us and, and use this time, God, to just draw people closer to you. Uh, we love you. It's in Christ's name. Amen.